0: Presented by Easy EasyBree and Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
3: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: And we're here for you to help you with your home improvement projects, your do-it-yourself dilemmas. Help yourself first, though. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Coming up on today's show, small kitchens, they can be tough places to work, but with a few modest updates, you can make your small kitchen feel bigger and work better. We'll have those tips just ahead.
3: Plus, if you've got a finished or unfinished basement or even a crawl space, it's always a challenge to keep that space dry. We'll have solutions just ahead.
0: And with spring rain dumping lots and lots of water around your home, now's a good time to take a look at your gutters. They can be key to more than just keeping water from overflowing. If your gutters are in bad shape, you can have some pretty serious structural problems that can result. We'll tell you how to avoid that mess.
3: We'll walk you through the best options for new and improved gutters just ahead. But first, we want to talk to you about whatever it is that you've got going on in your money pit. You know, it's almost officially spring. Spring is happening this week, you guys. It's amazing. What are you going to do? How are you getting your house ready for the summer season, which follows behind spring? We're so excited. So give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. We want to help you get your house in tip-top shape.
0: 888 3974 Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first?
3: Beth in Illinois is on the line with a question about tiles. What can we do for you today? Hey, I got a great deal on some porcelain
1: tile, and the measurements are 4 by 28, I believe. So I bought, like, four, four skids of it. I have some rental property, so I was going to take up the carpet and put that down. Actually, okay. I'm not quite ready, but I do have to have it delivered, and they, I want to know if it's okay to leave it sit outside with a tarp on it. If the weather would be okay. It is porcelain, though, and it is in the actual, on the, um pallets that they you know will deliver it
0: on i think as long as you keep it covered and out of the out of the weather as much as possible i, I don't really see anything bad happening to it i guess if you got water or snow in there and they got wet and they could expand and start to crack but and if then, you then freeze dry, and crack yeah freeze and crack but if you keep them dry i don't see what do you the best i outside. can
1: to keep it dry and then i can yeah. use them in a month or so i mean sure. 60 cents a square foot
0: i mean what a yeah It's a great deal yeah, that's great. Yeah, and you yeah.
3: want to, you know, you're in an area that might see some snow, so you want to make sure that if it does snow, it doesn't get underneath. Or if there's right. a lot of rain, it doesn't kick up underneath. Uh-huh. So as long as it,
1: I keep it somewhat dry and, you know, the tarp down, I'll be safe for the, you know, a month or so.
0: <laughs> I think so. I just, just remember that uh, when you are ready to install it, bring them inside, get it all to be room temperature because you don't want to have, you know, the floor surface, the subfloor being warm, the tile being cold. You may have some issues with adhesion.
1: Right. And so concrete floor, as long as I um, scrape the carpet and the padding up and get the glue up the best I can, I can put it right on the concrete. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. Without as putting long as you floor.
0: Just remember that you have long tiles. You said they were 20-something inches long. You know, they're not going to bend. So you have to have a good, some totally flat surface there. If you have any looseness under that, they will crack.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. And okay. when you go down like the hallway... You think I, should, I? know this one question led to another. But should you go straight or from side to side?
0: Well, I don't know, Leslie. What do you think? You're the decorator. These are four by twenty something, so they're they're almost they're almost hardwood floor like strips, except they're porcelain tile.
3: I mean, I usually, if something is in plank style, I make uh-huh. sure that I run the length of the plank along the longest run of the room. This way it makes that hallway seem longer and, you know, more uniform. If you're going side to side, you're just going to see a whole bunch of, like, staggered seams. Right. You know, this way it looks like almost like a wood floor, like a plank.
1: Yeah, I think that is a great idea. Okay, well, I appreciate your help. I knew you'd have the answer for me. I listen to you guys all the time.
0: (laughs) All right, well, good. So glad to help you out with that, and good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
3: Heading out to Delaware, where Ed's got a problem in the basement and some sort of mysterious odor. What's going on down there?
4: I purchased a home back in 2015 of August, and uh, about three months into it, I lost power in the basement, and it turns out I had some moisture in the electrical outlets. So um, those outlets have since been closed off, and I was told I had to get them rewired, but apparently there was some moisture coming in somewhere. But ever since I purchased the home, I'm there's this odor that radiates from the basement and it's just a, like a chemical odor and it comes upstairs and literally gets in everything that's the clothes and everything that goes with you to work and it stays in the clothes i just can't seem to get rid of it is the
0: basement unfinished ed
4: uh no unfortunately it's finished it has paneling against the wall
0: it Has paneling yes and does it
4: have carpets uh half the basement has carpet yes and the carpet seems drying everything so i was hoping it was like something radiating from the carpet but uh that seems to be okay, so my next option is basically to uh get a waterproofer in here and potentially have the basement gutted and finished you know seal the walls
0: no you don't want you don't want to do that so I do think that the most likely source of the odor is is simply dampness, and because it's partially finished, you know the materials can when they get wet, they can also hold uh, bacteria and that can cause an odor the carpet is off is absolutely terrible that will hold dust and dust mites and dirts and can really contribute to the smell but the solution is never ever to call a basement waterproofer those guys generally install one kind of system and one kind of system only and that's a series of drains and pumps that pump water out but your problem um, can be easily resolved by doing two things number one Improving the drainage condition at the foundation perimeter so That means adding soil where it's flat, sloping it away from the walls, and that sort of thing. And secondly, and even more importantly, looking at the gutter system, making sure the downspouts are uh, clean, free-flowing, and extending from the foundation perimeter at least four to six feet. So those two things will reduce the amount of moisture that collects at the perimeter, and that will reduce uh, humidity in the basement uh, and certainly reduce any chance of flooding. Once that's done, I would probably also opt to install a dehumidifier in the basement And I would put in a good quality dehumidifier, such as one from Santa Fe. They have some nice units that hang from the ceiling that really do an effective job at uh, pulling moisture out. And you can set up that drain so that it basically drains outside or to a condensate pump, so it's not like you're going to have to empty a pan of water uh, now and again. Then at some point, you're going to have to decide what you want to do with that basement. I can't tell you how many times I've seen paneling pulled off to find lots and lots of mold behind it, and that may or may not be the case there. But I think if we reduce the moisture... Uh, in that basement. I think you'll find a lot of the odor will dissipate.
4: Okay. And as far as the, uh, the electrical outlets in that basement containing a little bit of
0: moisture? Condensation. It's all its all related. It's all the same issue. Uh, you've got a lot of condensation there. Okay. Take a look at moneypit.com. Right on the home page, there is a good article, one of the most popular ones on the site, uh, about how to solve uh, basement moisture problems and flooding. Okay. Will do. All right. Good luck, Ed. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT.
3: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call with your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT.
0: 888-666-3974 and 1-888-MONEY-PIT is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Never worry about overpaying for a job. Use HomeAdvisor's true cost guide to see what others paid for a similar project. All for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Just ahead, you have a small kitchen? Well, we've got tips to make it feel bigger and work better after this.
3: Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's
0: right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring, we get sucked with allergens, too.
1: Pit is presented by Easy Breathe Ventilation Systems. Remove musty basement odors and reduce allergens. Plus save 20%. Call 866-822-7328 for clean healthy indoor air all the time or visit
0: easybreathe.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
3: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: From demolition to decor, we've got you covered with tips and advice to help get the job done. Call us now with your questions at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor will instantly match you with the right pro for the job for free.
3: Carolyn, Mississippi, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I have a floor that's
1: sinking in, a hallway in a kitchen, and I was just trying to find out what is the best way to repair that and what type of wood should it be repaired with
0: So do you have any idea Carol as to what's causing the floor to sink
1: uh, I don't know if it's the foundation I don't know if it's the, it's the foundation because it's in Mississippi and there's a lot of moisture there And for some reason the homes there really look you know look run down and stuff and I always and I did a research and it's because it's so moist there but uh the house is really really old so I have no idea what's causing
0: it. Is the floor a wood floor? Yes it is. And is it over a crawl space? Uh no it's not over a crawl space. Is it over a basement? No it's
1: not over a basement. It's like on the uh, foundation part of it.
0: Yeah, okay. Look, there's only really three types of uh of of floor structures you're either going to have your house is going to be built on a slab which means it's on concrete or it's going to be on a wood framed floor which is either going to be over a crawl space or over a basement. I'm trying to figure out what kind of floor structure you have.
1: Okay, it's up off the ground a little bit.
0: That's a crawl space. So what what has to happen, Carol, is somebody has to go into the crawl and get under that area and look up and see what's going on. If you have a lot of moisture, you could have some rotted beams there. And if that's the case, they have to be repaired. That can't, well, it's very difficult to do that from the top side. You would do that from the bottom side. Uh, And then once you know what the cause of the sagging is, then you'll know how to approach it. But let's say that you found that there was a beam that was decayed. Well, what would happen in that case is you would put a new beam next to it. So if it had one bad floor joist, you'd put another one next to it. Um, maybe even one next to that, so you kind of sandwich the bad beam in between the two good beams, and that would straighten that out. Once the structure is repaired, then you can go in from the top side and repair any remaining decay, like if it was the wood, uh, plywood subfloor or something of that nature. But you got to start with the structure, which is what's underneath there, to figure out why the sag has occurred, why this area is sunken in. And once that's uh, re-supported, uh, then you can move to the top side. Does that make sense? Make a lot of sense. Thank you. Well, small kitchens may feel cozy, but opening them up might not involve a whole lot of expense. One way to do just that is to think about adding a skylight to open the ceiling and add more light and kind of visually expand the area. Now, if you're thinking, man, that's way too big of a project, you can also add a tubular skylight. They're sometimes called sun tunnels, which are round. You set them in the roof, and then there's a tube that feeds down to like a ceiling light to fixture, which kind of looks like a ceiling light fixture. It's uh, mirrored on the inside of the tube, so it throws a ton of natural light, and it's a lot less expensive and a lot easier to install than a skylight.
3: Yeah, and they really do look really cool. Now, another idea is to remove any soffits that you might have above the cabinets. This is going to create the illusion of space by allowing the eye to follow a wider ceiling. And you can also consider light-colored cabinets, open shelving, even glass-fronted doors just to give you the depth to the room, and that can cook up a whole new look for your kitchen space. Lighter colors, two-tone cabinets between the top and the bottom, new hardware adding in glimmers of metallic, these are all things that will make your kitchen space feel much larger and brighter.
0: Now, if you find yourself with a small kitchen and facing those sorts of DIY dilemmas, give us a call right now. We'd love to chat more about just that. The number again is one eight eight money pit.
3: Now we've got Philip on the line who needs some help installing a bathroom. What are you working on?
5: Well, we have an unusual house. It's all concrete poured concrete uh, back in the 80s. So all of the walls in the upper and lower are concrete. Now, we have one bathroom in this house. However, we want to install a small half bath in the bedroom right next to the bathroom that's in the basement now. So we have a concrete wall between the two we have concrete floors uh, where the toilet and uh, and the uh, the bathtub is installed now between the bathtub and and the other wall, all the plumbing is in there. That's not concrete. That is uh, uh, framed in. So that has we have access to that in the room next door. But the question is, is we want to install another bathroom, a half bath, so we want a toilet and a sink. The sink is no problem, as because what I just said about the uh, plumbing being roughed in there. But uh, boy, how do um, we really want to do this? So it's going to take some. I assume, some uh, demolition work to get down in, into that.
0: So what room do you want the half bath to be in? Is it going to be on the same level as the existing bathrooms?
5: That is correct. It's in the lower level. It's basically the same as, uh, you know, you could just say it's a basement. The only difference is is that the wall... between the bath that is there now and the bedroom right next door, which where we want the half bath is a concrete
0: wall. Okay, so you're worried about getting through the wall that separates these two bath spaces. So you have concrete below, and then you have a concrete dividing wall. What about the ceiling? Is that typical wood construction? It is. So, okay. Well, there's two ways to do this. Number one, yes, you could dig out the floor and uh, break that area out, try to find the uh, intersection with the waste pipe on the other side of that wall. Or you could use um, what's called a lift pump. So there are toilets out there that have pumps that are built into them that when you flush them and you can uh, spill the uh, water waste from the sink into this as well, it essentially activates a pump. It grinds the waste. It runs it up through a pipe uh, and then it would go up into the ceiling and then cut across to the waistline and be dropped down from there so that 's be less destructive the The mechanism is uh, you know a little more complicated, perhaps a little louder than a typical uh, toilet flush, but they work very, very reliably, and they're very often used in basement bathroom situations where the toilet position is below the main waistline.
5: Well no, the main waistline since. Since the, the only bath is, is in the lower level, right next to where I want the half bath to be. So the waistline is in the floor and it runs out to the south through and right out and it goes right down into the sewer line outside. So I don't, there's no, uh, it's it's the same level. Uh, so I would really like to hook up to the existing line that is right next to the uh, half path that I want to put in.
0: Yep. So I got two words for you, jackhammer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you can break up that floor and connect with that line, or like I said, you can go up over the wall and drop into the vent pipe, which will... Uh, no doubt be in that same space. And then, of course, you know, eight feet below that connects with the waistline. So those are your options. I hope one of those works for you. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit.
3: All right, we've got Sal in Georgia on the line with a water heater that doesn't want to deliver hot and cold when he needs it. What's going on, Sal?
2: Hey, my situation here is I installed a whirlpool hot water heater. Okay. Uh, I've got plenty of hot water, but it doesn't maintain the temperature all the way through. I have turned it up from 120 to which was factory set to 140, so I'd get a little more hot water, but uh, it still doesn't maintain the temperature. I have to continuously, every four minutes or so, turn, up, turn the hot water up just a little bit.
0: Is this electric water heater? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, are you running out of hot water quickly, Sal? No, I've got plenty of hot water. I can, I can take a
2: 15, 20-minute shower without running out of hot water. It just won't maintain the temperature. So when
0: you say it won't maintain the temperature, will it not maintain the temperature while you're taking the shower? Is that when you get sort of the hot and the cold?
2: Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it keeps going cold on me. i got to keep turning the hot up just a little bit.
0: Um, it may not necessarily be the water heater, because what happens is if there's water being consumed anywhere else in the house while this is happening, you may end up with an imbalance in the mix between hot and cold. There's a simple solution to that, and it's called a pressure balance valve. And basically, you replace your shower valve with a pressure balance valve. And what that does is actually maintains the mix between hot and cold, regardless of what the pressure is in either line. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it does. uh, But it's just me and the wife at the house. So when I'm showering, she's not using the hot water. So that's the only thing. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense to me either because it just it, it seems like it would maintain it. Uh, I replaced the original water heater that was in the house, um, which was an old, beat up water heater, but it maintained the temperature. It did run out of hot water a lot quicker.
0: Do you notice this in any at any other fixture, but the shower?
2: Uh, I have not noticed. No, I mean the shower is the only one that could really be noticeable. But yeah, no, I haven't noticed
0: something like, for example, if you had um, a very slow leak in your toilet and it was filling up like ghost flushing, and you may not even notice that this is happening, that can spill some water. If you're running a dishwasher, if you're running a washing machine, um, anything that could be going on in the house that could be pulling water, or even at the street, there could be an imbalance in pressure at the street that could be causing this. But the condition that you're describing is uh, very common, commonly associated with an imbalance of pressure. So I would start there, and Sal, I would start there, and, and, and if that doesn't solve it, uh, then we can talk further, okay? All right, sounds great. I Thank you for your time. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
3: Up next, if you have a finished or even an unfinished basement or perhaps a crawl space, it's always a challenge to keep that space dry. Well, we've got a solution we'll share after this.
1: 888 Money Pit.
3: That is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water.
0: That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue.
1: overpaying for a job just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects then get matched to top rated pros free reviews get quotes and book appointments all for
0: free at homeadvisor.com making good homes better this is the money pit home improvement show i'm tom Kreitler.
3: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Give us a call right now with your home improvement question at one eight 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 money pit Whatever you're working on on this first beautiful week of spring, we'd love to help. Give us a call right now, whether it's inside, outside, or maybe somewhere in between, like a structural repair or a roof project. Give us a call at eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. 888 666 3974
3: Lynn in North Carolina needs some help with a crawl space project. What can we do for you? I was just wondering if you could advise me
1: as to whether or not I could do this myself or whether I had to get a, a company to help me. And what it is is my um, basement is partially finished and partially a crawl space. And in the crawl space, there is just um, bare dirt. And it typically doesn't have a lot of moisture um, unless it's really, really, really rainy. Um and I just feel, feel like I need to cover it with some sort of plastic or some sort of barrier to help keep that uh, humidity down.
0: You're exactly right, Lynn. And it definitely is a project that you can do yourself as long as you can, you know, physically get into that crawl space. But let's start outside because the moisture does form from the outside in. You want to make sure that your gutter system is clean, that the downspouts are extended. Not, you know, two feet, which is the way they normally are, but four to six feet from the house. You really want to go through a good effort to get those downspouts at least a few feet out from the house. And then thirdly, make sure the soil around the house slopes away. You know, those three things, gutters clean, downspouts extended, and soil sloping away uh, does most of the work in terms of keeping those below-grade spaces dry. Now, in terms of the crawl space itself, you know, what you want to do is I, I typically would say, you know, rake the dirt surface so it's nice and flat and there's nothing in there that can kind of break through the plastic. And then what you want to do is just take some very heavy plastic, some clear plastic uh, like Visqueen, and then start laying it down Across, uh, they based across the crawl space, dirt surface. And you want to put it in, in as few pieces as possible. But if you have to overlap it, overlap it like three feet, all right, because that'll do a good job of, of keeping that moisture and humidity from, from evaporating out of that soil and then getting into the air in the basement and working its way up into your house. So it's really as simple as that.
1: Okay. Um, and any particular um, type of plastic? Or are we talking just go to Lowe's or Home Depot and get... Well,
0: what you want to do is find a uh, plastic that's about six mil thick. It's usually just called reinforced polyethylene construction film or something of that nature. It comes in in rolls that are usually about 12 feet wide and about 100 a, a feet long. Now, the roll's not 12 feet. It's usually about four feet and it's just overlapped. Uh, but you you buy these big rolls and you roll it out and, and cut it, and then you know unfold it and again, you know get it across that whole floor surface. You can let it lay up against the wall a little bit and then, if you have to overlap it, go ahead and make sure you overlap it by about three feet
1: and do you pin it with something of some sort? Do you pin it with some sort of
0: nail? No, just stays there by it 's lonesome <laughs> it 's not going to go anywhere. You know as long as you're not uh, as long as you guys don 't like to crawl up in that crawl space a lot <laughs> <laughs> okay now nah, that 's a really easy project to do yourself well if you 've got a finished or maybe an unfinished basement or even a crawl space, you may see that it 's always a challenge to keep that space dry, and with all the moisture, those spaces can be breeding grounds for mold and a wide variety of allergens, so it does make sense to take steps now to stem that moisture and one product that can help is called Easy Breathe.
3: That's right. Easy Breathe, it's a ventilation system that takes the moisture out of the air and then improves the indoor air quality by help removing odors, allergens, chemicals, mold spores, dander, soil gases, and a whole host of other indoor air pollutants. Now, it works by exhausting the stale air from below-grade spaces, as well as the contaminants and moisture that come with it, and it replaces it with fresh air, thereby creating a healthier atmosphere in your home.
0: Now, as a result, EasyBreathe customers report that they have less coughing, less sneezing, and a decrease in allergy and asthma triggers. Plus, the product helps balance temperatures in the air by keeping that air moving and not allowing for stagnant spaces.
3: You can learn more about EasyBreathe, the healthy, happy home people, at EasyBreathe.com or by calling 866-822-7328.
0: And hey, be sure to check out the new post on MoneyPit.com we put together with the help of the experts at Easy Breathe. It's all about how to stop window condensation, that moisture that forms inside windows in your house and can make a real mess. Just one more thing that happens if you have too much humidity in your house. And you can check that out at MoneyPit.com.
3: All right. Now we've got Monica on the line with a roofing question. Tell us what's going on. Yes. My daughter had just purchased a home and originally, apparently the house had a flat
1: roof and then they put a peak roof over the top of it. I was just wondering if on that flat roof, if you should go into that space and insulate over that flat roof.
0: That's a good question. So um, first of all, the idea of covering a flat roof with a pitched roof is not unusual. Uh, Folks do that for a number of reasons, both architecturally because they like the appearance of the pitched roof and because they're just sick and tired of dealing with flat roofs and the leaks that that can happen more frequently as a result of them. Now, um, Typically, you would have insulated inside that ceiling under the flat roof. So, therefore, there's no reason you cannot add additional insulation over that. You could do something as easy as laying fiberglass bats. Uh, right on top of that roof side by side unfaced fiberglass and it would add additional insulation to that space.
1: Oh, that, that was what I was wondering would that would help keep some of the heat from getting on the the tarring of the flat roof and help cool the lower
0: level, right? Well, yeah, I mean it would it would more importantly it's going to keep the heat or the coolness inside the house. So yeah, it will help separate some of that heat and there should also be ventilation in that new pitched roof that will be necessary for the insulation to work well.
1: I mean, I think the the house is actually a three-layer house. Both roofs apparently were flat and they peaked both of them.
0: What you can do in that situation is you can add a ridge vent to the peak and you can add some roof vents lower on the roof and that will improve the ventilation dramatically. Monica, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
3: Just ahead, good gutters are key to more than just keeping water from overflowing on your head. We'll walk you through the best options for new and improved gutters in today's Pro Project, presented by HomeAdvisor.com, next.
1: You live in the body that is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched to top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments. All for free at
3: HomeAdvisor.com.
0: Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
3: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Call us right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched with top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments all for free at HomeAdvisor.com.
3: Elaine in Delaware needs some help with a flooring project. What can we do for you? I'm mainly
1: concerned about the fact that I have uh, some rescue animals and some kids, and every time I try to think of what I can do when I lift up this rug and put a surface down, I need something durable. And uh, I thought of wood, and then I thought of pergo, and everybody says, no, the dog will scratch it or the kids will scratch it. And <laughs> then I saw something at a hospital the other day, actually... a. Uh, you know like an x-ray area where it takes a lot of traffic right and it looked like a heavy duty plastic plasticized type uh, imitation wood and I tried to find out where they got it from but it's nothing I can find in going to the local um, shops, you know, right. like Lowe's and, and Home Depot.
0: You know, it might have been luxury vinyl, although they doubt that in the hospital. Um, what I think you might want to consider is laminate. Pergo is just one brand of laminate. But remember that there are different finishes on these floors, and you want to find one that has a commercial finish.
3: That will make it the most durable.
0: Yeah, really super durable. I think the best option here... And the one that's most accessible is to think about using laminate flooring. Laminate flooring can look like wood, it can look mm-hmm. like tile, it can look like vinyl. And if you get one that has a commercial grade finish on it, it can clearly stand up to the kids and the dogs. I appreciate that very much. You're welcome, Elaine. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, now's a good time to take a good look at your gutters. They are key to more than just keeping water from over and flowing on your head as you kind of dart in and out of your house. We're going to walk you through the best options for new and improved gutters in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com.
3: All right. So gutters perform one duty. That's controlling the water around your house. But if gutters are missing, disconnected or clogged, you could be facing major and expensive home repairs, guys. You know, not managing that water around your home can cause your basements to flood, cause your foundation to crack, sidewalks, leaky roofs and even lead to wood destroying insects finding a meal of your home.
0: All right. So when choosing new gutters, the most common types are vinyl and aluminum. And there's price differences. Vinyl gutters will range in price from about $4 to $8 per linear foot. The least expensive vinyl gutters can be pretty thin, so they may sag or become brittle in those extreme temperatures. And the vinyl gutters also tend to leak more frequently than aluminum gutters, so you should expect some frequent repairs.
3: Now, aluminum gutters tend to stand up much better. They range in price from $6 to $12 per linear foot, but they're much more durable. Now, aluminum gutters are installed by pros who are going to custom build a single gutter for each roof section and then plan for adequate downspouts. And that makes sure that those gutters don't back up during heavy rainfall. So this really is a mathematical project here, guys.
0: Now, once the gutters are installed, they need to be kept clean. Now, do-it-yourself gutter cleaning is simple enough, but it can be a dangerous job for untrained weekend warriors. So in the alternative, there are many types of gutter guard systems on the market to choose from, and all of them offer some sort of protection for your gutter at different costs.
3: And that's today's pro project presented by homeadvisor.com. With homeadvisor, you can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area, compare prices, read verified reviews and book appointments all online. Clarence in Nebraska is on the line with a basement that's cracking up, and he wants to fix it. What can we do for you today?
4: Yeah, I had a
2: uh, contractor come in and pull my basement walls back, and I've got these cracks in the mortar. Some are pretty pretty big. other ones are hairline. What can I do to uh, fix that? Do you have to cut it out, or in the tool you can chip it out and then uh, re-tuck point that, or what do you think?
0: The common mistake is kind of what you just explained. When you say tuck point, you're assuming that you're going to put more concrete or mortar mix into that crack, and that's not going to work because the patch of the wall surrounding it, are going to have different expansion and contraction rates. So concrete product manufacturers have products designed specifically for crack repair because they're flexible and designed to stick to the old concrete surface. So for example, you could go to Quickrete dot com Q U I K-R-E-T-E. They have a concrete repair product that comes in a tube. It looks like a caulk tube. And you apply it with a caulk gun and it's like a sanded acrylic latex formula. It's designed specifically for crack repair. You can buy it in a ten ounce size Uh, or a five and a half ounce sort of squeeze tube size, and you can fill the cracks in with that. You know it's going to dry solid, and it's not going to open up again, and it's good for either vertical or horizontal applications. So you want to use a product like that that's designed specifically for crack repair, because if you don't, Clarence, it's just going to fall out, and you'll be doing the same thing over and over again
4: will re-crack. I don't know if it fall out with it.
0: Well, it may, and very often it does, especially if you get any moisture in there as well. If it's a basement wall, it gets cold, you get some frost heave, it can pop out. So I would use the product that's designed for it, and that's just one by QuickCrete, and I'm sure that that will work out for you. Okay? Thank you very much.
3: All right. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Unpacking your outdoor furniture is a fun way to mark the start of spring. Not so fun? The dirt and grime it brings with it tips to clean off those chairs and tables without making a bigger mess when the money pit continues you live in
0: Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
3: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Standing by for your calls right now on the Money Pit's listener line at 888-MONEYPIT, presented by HomeAdvisor.
3: You can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area, read verified reviews, and book appointments online, all for free.
0: No matter the type of job, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros. And speaking of pros, you can shoot us your question by email as well or post it to the community page at moneypit.com. And Tiffany did just that. It seems like she's got a problem with her bathtub, Leslie.
3: That's right. Tiffany writes, we have a slow running drain in our tub. I tried using a bottle of chemical drain cleaner and the water now drains a little faster, but I hear loud gurgling sounds that we've never had before.
0: That's somewhat encouraging. It may mean that uh, <laughs> that the clog is pretty much towards the top of that drain. Look, number one reason that bath tubs clog as hair, right? Especially if you got a lot of girls in, in your household, like, like I've had over the years, and teenage girls especially, I Man, between my daughter and my wife, they will really clog up those drains. I found that using, there's a little snake you can buy at a home center that's like a basically a, a piece of plastic. It's about 18 inches long with sort of little hooks on the outside of it, almost like a Velcro kind of a thing. And it you can fit it into that drain and it'll go right down to the trap and it can pull out that hair and instantly solve this problem. If it's a little bit bigger than that, another little trick of the trade is this. You can use a wet-dry vacuum, like the kind that you use for your garage or your shop, and you can actually sometimes suck the debris out of those drains. You're not going to hurt the plumbing at all. And sometimes whatever's lodged in there will just pull right out. So there's two easy ways to tackle those clogged drains in the bathtub.
3: I mean, those really are two good fixes. And Tiffany, you know, you just got to clean the hair out of those drains. Those chemical cleaners are the worst for it. So you just got to stay on top of it.
0: Well, pulling out your outdoor furniture is a fun way to mark the start of warmer weather, but that furniture usually brings some pretty gross stuff with it. Leslie's got tips on getting those tables and chairs back in
3: shape on today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. Even if it's been in your shed or your basement all winter, your outdoor furniture can probably use a good cleaning. Now, for plastic furniture, you want to mix a little dish soap, some borax, and a half a cup of peroxide into one gallon of water. Let it sit for 10 to 15 minutes, then use a nylon brush to scrub it onto the plastic pieces. Make sure you rinse it well when you're finished. If the furniture's metal, you want to use soapy water and your favorite cleaning agent. Good old-fashioned elbow grease guys. It's going to take some work there. But if you've got some rust, you want to remove that with sandpaper and then be sure to repaint the entire piece of furniture with a rust prohibiting paint or a metal varnish. Now, wood furniture... It's a little bit more work there. You've got to oil the surfaces with a sealant or preservative that's appropriate to that material, and you can also clean the furniture a couple of times a month with an oil soap too. All of it, guys, you got to let that furniture dry completely before you add back those cushions. And speaking of cushions, they can probably use a very good pick-me-up as well. So for those, you want to mix one teaspoon each of dishwashing detergent and borax in a quart of warm water. Use a spray bottle to douse those cushions generously. Once it sits on there for about 15 minutes, you want to hit it with a hose to rinse, then stand the cushions on their side to help them dry. You don't want to put them flat because then they're just sitting in that water. And, you know, depending on what the materials are, it could cause mold growth. you got to let them dry very, very, very well. Lots of things you got to do, but you'll be enjoying that furniture all summer season, so get that work done now so it looks great for the rest of the year.
0: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, chain link fences. Now, they can really do the job, but they're the type of fence that when it gets old and beat up, it looks just terrible. So if you've got neighbors that are secretly hoping you'll get rid of that ugly chain link fence this spring, they'll be happy to know that Roger Cook from TV's This Old House is going to join us next week with tips on how to get that project done. Until then, I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself.
3: But you don't have to do it alone.
1: This is the story of the one.